Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast on We Are Cavan. On today's show we're going to very quickly look back at uh, last weekend's victory by Cavan over Westmead. We're going to be hearing from Ushin Pearson and Porrick Faulkner but the majority of the show we're going to be looking ahead to this weekend's action Sunday in Port Leash, uh, Cavan against Leash in round three. Delighted to be joined by Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor with the Anglo Celt. But Paul, before we bring in, we'll hear from the uh, Cavan duo of Park Faulkner and Ushin Pearson. Delighted to be joined by uh, Ushin Pearson and Park Faulkner after. I suppose I can only describe it as, as a brilliant second half display of Park. Um, you know, what, what was the change between first and second half there? We just stopped making mistakes. It was one simple fix. We gave the ball away, we ran into tackles, we turned it over. We just kept giving the ball away and just kept down, coming down the field and scoring. And it was our own demise. So we went in at half time. We said to put in a performance in the second half. Some boys showed real leadership in the second half and came out with a good win. There was one particular moment where uh, you know, th- there was a fumble on, on a Cavan ball or maybe somebody overhit a pass to Garode. You came just diving in with determination. It, uh, it lifted the Cavan boys, it lifted everybody around it, but it, uh, it, it showed, it, it typified what Cavan were doing in that second half. Yeah, well, look, at we clean up after each other if we have to with mistakes and stuff. And um, there was, it wasn't just that, there was massive... Um, there was massive movement in the game that changed it. Uh, scores from Thomas Galligan, uh, James Smith, some serious Hall, Kieran Brady. They were, they were the real turning points of the game. Looking, looking at, I suppose, some of the older boys. We bring in the young fella, but you, you really had a big contribution in the game yourself, Oshin. It, it, it was a slow burner. It was difficult to get into it. A mass defence. Not, not a lot of space for an inside forward. No, Abisham. Look, you have to work hard, I suppose. Get the ball up the field. Just cut out the mistakes in the first half. When Faulkner kicks a pint, you know it's your day, I suppose. <laughs> Tell us, there was one particular moment in the second half which, which I absolutely loved. You feigned a, a dummy to take the shot and then dinked a lovely little pass inside too. I think it was Brian McGee. You know, very little time on the ball, but you were fit to see the pass. Is your confidence growing now at County Senior? I'd say it is, yeah. It's nice to get back in here. Any day you get to represent Cavs, it's fucking great for yourself and your family, your club. Just training with these boys week in, week out. Hard not to get your confidence up. Yeah, these deserve that performance from we've been hearing lots that the that the the attitude within the panel, the work rate has been good. Did you know this was gonna come? Oh, we deserved every bit of it. Fucking training since November. Deserved every bit of it. Looking looking forward to next week. Another two another another game, hopefully another two points. Yeah. Look forward to that. The, the, the leadership around you, some of the older boys really, really dug in there. I suppose you mentioned Kieran Brady there, Ushin Kiernan coming off, Martin Riley. Like they, they really kind of led by example in the second half for you, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. You looked at goal there, ball comes out for the kick out, and G climbs up and wins it. We got kept the ball in and walked, walked it over and back and ran down the clock. Boys really stood up in the last 20 minutes. 
I suppose, Park, you've been in situations like this before where maybe the league didn't start as, as well as expected and then there can be a turnaround. Is is this now the, the, the nucleus to go on? Well, hopefully. Um, I know four years ago we were, I think it was six points down against Park Talton against Mead and turned around and came out the second half and won by seven. So that was the turnaround that struck our, our league campaign that year after two losses, I think, to Derry and to Rome. So um, hopefully this is the turning point this year. How's the Cavs? Cavs are alright. <laughs> You'll be alright for next week, you will? Yeah, well, surely. Lads, very well done. Congratulations. Thanks a million. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Yeah, um, look, two, two happy lads. The funny thing for me was... I'd have met Ocean Pearson on a good few different occasions and even watching him play football, you think confidence all the way through and, and, and wouldn't be phased by anything. And as soon as that finished, you went like, Jesus, I hate doing that. I didn't don't enjoy doing that at all. I thought he'd have been the most outspoken, sort of laddish, you know, boy that wouldn't be phased by doing it. But di- didn't enjoy that interview. <coughs> yeah, it's funny. I don't I don't know Ocean Pearson personally, but I would have got that impression from him as well, you know, cocky corner forward. In, yeah. a, in a nice way, like I did see him scoring, was it, what do you call it, Rabona, is it, or one of these uh, South American style uh, penalties in, on the 3G one time. Oh, the dink. The, yeah, the, that's the right. So I think that's... Is that called Rabona? Maybe not. I, I don't no know. Idea. I'm not much of a soccer man, but no. uh, yeah, that that's said to me that this this is a lad that's not lacking the confidence. But anyway, hopefully if, if he uh, if he keeps going the way, the way he th- went in the second half the last day, he'll have to get used to doing more interviews. Definitely, definitely a really good a really good display by the the wee man, um, particularly as I said there that little dink pass into into Brian McGee was just showed that he's starting to get the confidence that we've seen throughout on the rage and at the club senior level. Now we're starting to see a little bit of it at county senior, um, and Porrick Faulkner, of course, typifying Cavan's response and Cavan's attitude in the second half with some just vital blocks interceptions just throwing his body on the line for the cause and that's that's the kind of thing that that's you know we needed the leaders to step up and he yeah. was definitely who, one of them who was who was the Cavan captain the last two nights obviously I wasn't at those games well Ray Galligan was down as captain definitely on Saturday night gone by alright oh, so, so Raymond is staying on as captain for this yeah, it, well oh, it looks like it now I didn't actually look uh, in the Armagh game up in the athletic ground so I must have a look back in the programme and see but definitely Ray Galligan was down as captain Saturday night okay um just before we, we move on to the preview to bring people's attention to the diehard service, um, earlier on in the week we caught up with Mickey Graham uh, post-match and we looked back over the game, myself and Paul, um, over the excitement of all the action. So if you want the in-depth podcast on the Cavan Westmead game, head on over to patreon.com forward slash wearecavan. And at the end of last week I also caught up with uh, Cavan, former Cavan player Killian Clark. Had a really good discussion with with him um, about life after football and life in football and social media and socialising activities as well. Good debate. Um, yeah, very enjoyable. Yeah. When are we doing a podcast about my skiing trip, Damien? We are, we are, 
We are we are skiing. Ski, we are opera. I <laughs> <laughs> opera match maybe. Um, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to definitely do that because even the couple of tales that you've told me so far are are, are definitely worth hearing. But it's good to know to you, uh, you you can back in one piece. Well, I got an awful scare on the first day we were skiing. Right, so it was my first time skiing. I'd been standing on skis about fifteen minutes, and uh, we were doing a lesson. And you and hadn't it, picked it up properly at that stage, no. <laughs> no, no, I know I'm a natural sportsman, but uh, I just hadn't picked it up. But we were, we were doing a lesson on a, a nursery slope, um, but basically a green slope with a very, very light slant on it. And uh, that was going grand for a few minutes. And then the instructor said he'd bring us up to the top of where it was slightly steeper in one place. So everyone was standing in one place and he got us to do a few things. And then he said, uh, said I was like t- eight or nine feet away. And he says to me... Um, just just come over here to join with the rest of the group. I said, grand, and I went to sort of doddle down. But whatever way I turned the skis, I absolutely took off. <laughs> I ended up about 200 yards away, flat on my face. I actually went off the skiing area <laughs> and across a wee path and down into a park and ended up um, flat on my face at the bottom of the thing. So it was a bad start, but good crack. Enjoyed it. Yeah, enjoyed it. I just, I just raging to have missed the two matches. Yeah, because the other years you could have went Saturday to Saturday and not missed any match. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think it's time that we put together a we are Calvin skiing trip. I think we will look at that for next year. Yeah, I'd be up for it because, yeah. it's, because it's some crack. It, yeah, it is, there's a lot of people that now have got into it. And before I went, everyone was saying, "Oh, if you go skiing once, you'll be hooked on it. You want to go every year." And I was like. No, I don't follow the hair like you dickheads. But actually, in actual fact, I'm the biggest dickhead of all. I'm now, I'm now a ski wanker. <laughs> I'm talking about it already. But, uh, no, it was, it, it, was, it was deadly crack. Yeah, let, let us know if actually you'd like to join us on a ski trip in 2021. Uh, we'll see if there's numbers. and we'll, we'll, It'd be a great bit of crack. A, a gang of calving people, football mad, heading over before the football really gets kicking in. So we'd have to do it mid-January, I think. Yeah, well, you could have a special live podcast out there. Yeah. Now, that would be a bit of crack. Definitely, definitely. Anyway. Well, speaking well, of social media, Damien, I know we talked about this off air and you said no, don't mention that but I'm going to mention it anyway um, we were getting a little bit of attention on, on Hogan Stand while I was away someone sent me a link to a thread on Hogan Stand I, th- I don't think we should be bringing this up but go on yeah well I just thought it was a bit of crack it was a bit of crack definitely is we got a lot of guff on it we did a little bit of praise we, we, yeah we, we, I, <laughs> I thought the praise was in equal measure to the guff in fairness but yeah there was a couple of yeah I suppose yeah. but I think the number one problem that, that people seem to have is that we're blowing up players um, who were just new on the scene and were blowing them up to be potential all-stars. Now, there, there was a couple of comments on it, that, and I'm well used to this, uh, so I just laugh it off, but there was a couple of comments that were just completely wrong, uh, inaccurate. Yeah, there, there was. And, and like there's one guy wrong. says, oh, uh, I, heard one, I heard one of the agents saying that we should have been in an all-Ireland semi-final and won a couple of all <coughs> which I did say that, but my point was, the, the, impo- well, <laughs> the, the context topic- of that was, was if, if after 2013 getting to another quarterfinal we had never lost a player yeah, where but, could we have been yeah kind of like Monaghan because they never really lost anyone yeah. over the years where could we have been yeah and, uh, and that, that, I'd 100% back you up on that that statement you know I, I genuinely believe if we had kept everybody but it it, it was it, you know my, my point being on it that look at I stopped looking at the message board on Hogan Stand a few years ago when Same here. it became just radical stupidity, you know. And, and I have to be honest about it, it, it was. And that's why when we were sent the tread, I was kind of going, right, look, I'll read through it. But taking it with a pinch of salt, that if somebody, you know, anybody can put any comment up 
anonymously on it. So therefore, people are sometimes just antagonizing, sometimes just trying to sensationalize things, and it doesn't, to me, it, it's not a true reflection. The, the, the people who get in contact with us on social media, you know, direct with their own name and stuff like that, I'd I, I take that to, you know, to heart or, or, or definitely take their opinion on yeah. board far, far uh, yeah. quicker. Yeah, me too, but it was a bit of crack. I was laughing, even the the, the, the comments um, criticising us, I found them very interesting. Well, the, the, the ones that are talking about, you know, and, and I'm probably far more guilty than you are of bigging up players, like getting excited, you know, about young players that, that now don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that they're, they're going to be superstars straight away, but if somebody puts in a performance that excites me, I don't see the problem in, in talking about how excited I am about watching that player. You know, so fair, fair enough. Like you, you can only give your honest opinion. Mm. But I laughed. I laughed at. Um, there was one guy who says, "Let's make a list of absolutely ridiculous statements they've made." I want to see that. Someone this it. list. It'll be yeah. great crack. Yeah. So if anyone who's on that thread, we don't know who anyone is on that thread. So if, whoever it is, go on and put up the list because we'll knock a bit of crack out of it in the podcast. So we're, we're stuck for content. The one thing in response. Um, and I've often had people commenting on stuff I've written about on Hogan's Stand and I would never comment on it that's grand whatever people put up so I'm not, it's not like we're being a bit petty responding to this I know you were saying to me off air we're not going to get into that but I just think it's a bit it's a bit of a laugh okay but uh, there was one the, the thread was started like by some listen to me and, and, and <laughs> our, our, our meetings off air really really <laughs> impact our podcasts well as a, <laughs> as a senior member of the podcast team um, no one the, the thread was started by someone talking and it was quite well reasoned what he said how I think it was me that said that, that I felt that Kevin Riley was one of Kevin's 10 best players yeah yeah. I, I'll stand over that I do I do, do think that and, and I don't think I blow up players too much but I do think that now I suppose potentially is the word there like I, I think he Kevin Riley at his best going well like definitely I think he's in our 10 best players but I have to fully agree a couple of management teams haven't picked them, and there's there's a, obviously a reason for that. They've seen something that we're not seeing on that's been on there in the training pitch, um, and he has never played a full game for Cavan. No, so I have to fully accept all those points. I think my point was made more like, you know, if he was going full steam, mm. I think he's got a lot to offer. But um, no, good crack, good, good crack, good crack is right. Um, right, so let's look ahead to this weekend's action, heading down to Port Leash. Um, Sunday afternoon throw-ins at 2 o'clock, I think, isn't it? Um, Port Leash, or Leash, coming off the back of a draw where they snatched a draw in injury time over in Roscommon with two late goals, and then uh, an absolute tanking, really, of Armagh. You know, at halftime in, in in, uh, on Saturday night, I was saying to myself, oh my God, like Westmead are tanking us here, and Leash... Are tanking our ma who tanked us. We're, we're we're going down. This is so so bad. But yeah. then, you know, it turned around for Cavan. But Leash continued on to dominate our ma in the second half and continued to come away with a comfortable victory. So, you know, all of the reports of Leash's demise have been greatly exaggerated. I think. Yeah, I I've done a lot of homework on Leash. Um, spoke to a couple of people there in Leash who who would be very close to the scene. And to be honest, like they were saying it's it's a credit to Mike Work that they've that they're unbeaten after two matches. Yeah, because you t- if you thought there was doom and gloom around Cavan, Damien, before the league, yeah, Leash were. The one guy said to me, "I didn't think Leash would win the game this year." 
it's it's not just any two matches. I I don't think I'd be wrong in saying that if I said to you before the league, give me the three teams that that promotion will be between, you'd have said Armagh, Kildare, and Roscommon, and they've beaten and drawn with two of the top three. Yeah. You know, that's a serious, serious start to a league. It's a great it's a great start to a league, particularly. Now, you could say the Roscommon game was a bit of a smash and grab. You could argue they yep. got 2-1 in the last four or five minutes. But the Armagh game, they were totally deserving winners. It probably it probably puts question marks over Armagh. How good are they? Um, we know they have, a, they have a top-class forward line, but again, seem to be it's quite like that thing. Division 1 forward line, Division 3 back line. Yeah, and even... Now, from my understanding of, of Leash... The way that they played, I know I was talking to somebody who was over at the Roscommon game. Um, it seems to be very much like Westmead set up, you know, bring the numbers back, but then counter attack, but using a lot of kick passes. So they're looking for Evan O'Carroll, they're looking for Lillis a little bit further out the field and hoping that they can get into one on one situations, use their power and, and, and get the scores for them. And I think Barry is is a, a pretty accurate free taker by the sounds of it. So it's it's something that Cavan should be used to now after last week, after the way Westmead played, as in when Cavan have possession of the ball. The only thing is it's going to be a different sort of an option that Westmead were very much a run and support and off the shoulder hand pass and counter attack, whereas Leash, from my understanding, are more of a kicking counter attack. So the lads are going to have to be ready to to go man to man and win man to man battles. But I think you were saying in your piece for tomorrow's paper, you know, you need to look after Lillis, Barry, and O'Carroll. There has to be man markers done on that on those three players. Yeah, well, <clears throat> just to, to run through, I suppose the players that they've lost, which was again like Cavan, a lot of the doom and gloom was emanating from the fact that they lost so many players. Um, they lost the two Kingstons, Donny and Paul Kingston. So they're, they're full forward who scored two goals against Cavan the last time we played uh, five years ago. Now uh, they lost Paul Kingston, obviously the centre forward. They lost uh, their wing half forward, Garrett Dillon who's a really good player, and they lost Stephen Atride, who's their cornerback and captain. And yeah. he's an exceptionally good player. Really, really good player from from, my, from what I've been told. So that was four starting players. They lost others there as well. Like, obviously, Brendan Quigley's retired over the last while as well. And Graham Brody's only back. Like, he was an all-star nominee last year. He only came back late. Hmm. So he hasn't play, didn't play in the first two games. But they brought in this new guy in, in goals. Um, his name escapes me at the minute. Um, but he... Torbert, or... Uh, <coughs> He's something like Torbett or Corbett or something like Niall that. Corbett, yeah. Corbett. He was the League of Ireland goalkeeper with Cork City. He got signed by Bowles and was heading for big things. He was going to replace your man Shane Supple. Something happened there, didn't work out for him. And after a few games, he left him. And he's in, and he's done very well. So, to, And Brody's back on the panel as well. Like Brody's yeah. Red is one of the best goalkeepers in the country. Yeah. Um, now, what I've been told by, by obviously in the middle of the field, they've got, they've got John O'Loughlin and Kieran Lillis. Um, Lillis lines out wearing at full 14, forward, but he, but. but he plays around the middle of the yeah. field. And they're two big, tough, tough men, cover the ground, hard workers. Um, probably built for this time of year more so than, than built for the summer. The full back line can be got at. Um, their full back has been there about 10 or 12 years. Uh, I've been told of his name here in front of me if I can find it. Um, the full back line is, is Mark Timmons at, at full back. And he's a great servant, but not as quick as he was. He's 34. They've got Brian Bourne, a cornerback who who plays a half forward for his club. and wouldn't be known as a cornerback at all. 
Their, their centre half back is Robbie Piggott, who is is a bit of a hothead, uh, really, really t- aggressive player. Like got sent off, get sent off a lot. Okay, got two yellows the last day as well. Cavan, I'm sure will will target that. Target that. Their two wing backs are very good. O'Flynn and O'Sullivan, two young fellas, very athletic. Get up and down the field, and up front those two lads that I talked about. They're they're, or sorry, let us midfield. Uh, O'Carroll and then this Mark Barry guy what I've been told is Mark Gary, Barry is outstanding potential superstar Okay, he's supposed to be a really really good player he's only about 20 he's a he left footer four frees the last day I think yeah very good free taker yeah. he's supposed to be deadly accurate and O'Carroll's a very good free taker as well yeah. so well, there are two big threats I seen O'Carroll with UCD last year and it was against DCU out in Belfield and he was the standout player on the field he he, he literally was head and shoulders above everybody else on the field at that stage. Now he he's a player that I think is going to take an awful lot of watching because, like the Kingston Kingstons, he's he's physically very strong but still mobile, you know, still athletic. He'll and he will take you on as soon as he gets the chance. And then the goal he scored against Roscommon was an absolute screamer. So he's got a lot of skill involved in that power that he brings to the game as well. So and it, he's step, he's stepping up sometimes when a, when a player moves away. It's like it's almost leaving space for him there to, yeah. to step up and fill that void. And you see that sometimes. Tony yeah. Kingston was probably the better known uh, forward. If you ask 100 people around the GA fans around the country to name a leash forward, they would have said Tony Kingston, most of them. Now, yeah. now they're going to be saying Evan O'Carroll. And, you know, that's a, it's a mental thing too. He can probably rise to that. Definitely. It, it, it's going it's to take a... Like but I, I think it matches up well. Sorry to cut across you. I think it matches up well. I think you will see Faulkner on O'Carroll and we'd probably see Killian Brady on uh, Mark Barry. And that would hopefully, you'd be hoping that they could go somewhere to contain those two threats. Which of our midfield then takes Lillis? If I, I'm going on the presumption Thomas Galligan starts this weekend. Um, you know, But then it mightn't be the right time for him to start. Like Maybe Benjamin Kelly to go out and stop Lillis in the middle of the field is the right option now. Yeah, well, O'Loughlin, O'Loughlin's no bad player either. Like, I think he plays his club football in Dublin, and he's a good player too. Like, but I think that uh, personally, I think the old cliche. I think it's going to come down to midfield. Like, if you look at it, basically, from what I can gather, and haven't seen the video of the game, but I've I've been picking your brains and Mickey Hannans and Mickey Brennan's and reading all the reports on it. That it didn't like, take a long time, really. Yeah, no. Like that. I've, I've it all written down here in the back of a fag box. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like um, like Cavan just camped across the middle and attacked everything, made, pressed up, made them kick it out long and uh, and just wouldn't let them, uh, pinned Westmead back. Yeah. Which is grand. When you're on the front foot and you've got players like Stephen Murray, Thomas Galligan, you know, it's, you know what it reminded me of? If you had to use an analogy, you're, Cavan the first half were a boxer that was backed up onto the ropes so were never able to get comfortable were always under pressure. And the second half, they just said, I'm just going to come out flailing here. And they gave it everything. High risk, high reward. You mm. can get knocked out, but they landed, in the end, they landed the knockout punch. But, I mean, that, that is a risky tactic. You're not going to sustain uh, that for 70 minutes. You see, that's right. I'd actually disagree with you. That the idea and the ideal scenario is that you are going to sustain that for 70 minutes. Dublin, Kerry, Mayo, you know, Mayo when they were very close to Dublin, they sustain that for 70 minutes. And I think that that's the difference. That if, if we're not aiming to play like that for 70 minutes, at what point do you play like that? You know, mm. it you, you can't just I'm say... Saying, uh, no, I'm not saying no, don't aim for it. Definitely aim for it. But at this stage of, of Calvin's development, like... 
No, 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 no. This stage of Calvin's development, this is that's a statement that needs to be thrown in the bin straight away. Calvin isn't developing anymore. Calvin is what Calvin is right now. Those boys have got to get out and like. Are you, are you I saying don't, I don't agree with that? In Garold McKiernan's development, no, he shouldn't be aiming to play. Mark Faulkner, Killian the Gunner, Martin Riley. You know, uh, Kieran Brady, Ushin Kieran. Should they not be? No, you, I'm talking about from midfield up. From midfield up, you 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 list out the experience of those players. There's not that terrible much experience. Like I don't, you maybe have the program in front of you. Yeah. From midfield up, like well, Stephen Smith, Martin Riley, Evan Dowie, Ushin Pearson, Brian McGee, and James Smith. Full of rookies. You brought up, you brought on Stephen Murray who. Who started the game for the first time last year? Okay, he's experienced now. Thomas Galligan is in his second year on the team. So from midfield up, and we're talking about playing from midfield up, pinning them back, driving at them. I think I think we're, it's a big ask. I don't know. Is experience what would stop you from doing that? I'm not saying. I know what you're saying, but I'm just saying it's a big ask. Like you're you're talking about the Dublin Kerrys Mayo's. Mm-hmm. It's a big ask to ask lads to to play to a level that their very top teams can play at for seventy minutes. So my point is, it's a new game. We're going to have to be realistic here. There's going to have to be. It's not. We're not going to freewheel through them the way we freewheel through Westmead in the last twenty minutes. No, and so, and so, so there's going to be a time where where at least you're going to have us pinned back, and that's when you can mm-hmm. have panic stations setting in, like a brain fart that we saw at times last week with fundamental errors and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, look, at I agree with you. Every team gets their purple patch in a game, but the 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 fundamental that I'd like to see from Cav and the, the starting point is that when we get the ball, we try to attack as quick and as direct. Try to get a score as quick as we possibly can. If the avenue is closed off while you're trying to do that, then fair enough. Come back out, recycle it. You know, be patient. Wait for the next opportunity to penetrate. But we've got to move fast as early as we possibly can because that's where, in my opinion, the most opportunity lies is that you, you, you win a kick out, go at them straight away because most teams are pressing on the kick out now. Mm-hmm. Most teams are trying, to, are trying to turn the ball over in that middle tour. So if you win your kick out, turn and run like the hammers of hell and get support off the shoulder and let's try and get a score as quick as you can. If the option isn't on, you know, if it isn't the right option to take the shot, don't take it come back around find another opportunity but I what I'd like to see is that our first instinct is go at the goal you know let's go straight at these mm. up at these leash boys this weekend and if you take that into the game you don't have to do it for the entire game because there may be times when you have to go short with a kick out to your corner back and therefore you can't just go like the hammers of hell because there's 15 opposing players between you and your target but You've you've got to try to go at them, and you've got to try to run hard, direct lines, breaking lines. That's what I want to see more of from Cavan on Saturday or on Sunday coming. Yeah, and and the, the thing is, like, <coughs> Leash are eight to thirteen favourites here. Personally t- speaking, I know I tend to be pessimistic about these things. Personally speaking, I think that's wrong. I think they're probably a bit flattered um, by the form that they have in the book. There, mm. definitely, Cavan. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Cavan are a proven thing by any by any stretch, but I think Leash from from talking to the to the guys in Leash that I was talking about, they you know, might have played slightly above themselves. And there's another crucial factor here as well. Leash under under Mike Cork, who's who's a very cute Kerry man who won all Ireland's with Kerry, and listened to him on the Examiner podcast a few times. Really, really knows the mm. game. 
they didn't go back training like in intense training until mid December. I was told. That's it's an interesting point, it's, isn't it's it? It's risky. It's a risky ploy because a new manager comes in and he wants to get out in the training field straight away because is this his first year at leash? Yeah, yeah. Oh Jesus! So you had your man Suguru in before this. Oh, that's right. Yeah, carry yeah. Man. But like that was a risky ploy. But look how fresh they were in these two games. Yeah. And here's another one. Thomas Gallagher, as we talked about in the podcast before, missed all that dog work. Now, he would he was doing his own training, I'm sure, and yeah. training with his college and stuff. But he, he wasn't subjected to that, like, you know, training 35 days out of 30 type thing. Yeah. And by all accounts, again, not having seen the game, he looked like a man that was just full of running. Yeah, definitely. And hungry for it. And both forward and back running. Mm. You know, as in, he, he when we had the ball... He was driving forward when we lost the ball. He 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 worked back. He he definitely stopped a a, a clear goal chance for Westmead on Saturday night with good defensive work, which I'd have thought was a weakness in his game. Yeah. I have to say. Oh, me too. But uh, no, well, it was it was brilliant. it was the weakness in his game, and he, and he t- has a bit of a tendency to to lose concentration a yeah. little bit. But uh, or he, he had, didn't you? He had, yeah. But yeah. that's constructive criticism because he's a sight to behold when he's in full flow. Yeah. I can yeah. never forget what, watching him with some Pats over the years and watching him in the McCrory final. Like, like he's he's absolutely brilliant player to watch because yeah. he's such a big man. He moves at speed and he heads for goal. And he scored two worldies on Saturday night. That you know now what he has to do for the hype train to continue is bring another performance like that on Sunday. And that's why I think if this is a the big imponderable here is how we do it midfield because O'Loughlin and Lillis they're going to be a step up from, from what was out there for Westmead the last day. They're a good pair. Rick Nellen is a damn good footballer. Very good footballer. Like, and, and he was made look very average by Thomas Gallagher in the second half. Mm. You know, yeah, so okay. I don't know if O'Loughlin and, and Lillis are any better than Canellan. Yeah, I just know they're a good durable pair like, and they, they, don't, they won't get cleaned out. Mm. Uh, they mightn't be capable of hitting the heights that Canellan can hit, but you know, they might be more reliable. They might give as many 10 out of 10 days, but they might have more 7 out of 10 days. Yeah, okay. I can, um, I can, I can take your point on it. So let, let's let say you're the Cavan manager, Mickey Graham, but it's it's your choice. Do you go and start with Thomas Galligan, with, with with the lads who made such a big impact, you know, Stephen Murray, Chris Conroy, you know? Yeah, it's 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 a tricky one. Like, you know, maybe there's, there's method in how to use Thomas and they wanted to keep him hungry and stuff like that, but you know, they probably tell you that now, as any manager would in hindsight. But mm. if you know, if he was there and he was a weapon to be used, it's a wonder they didn't use him against our man. Maybe he caught them by surprise with his performance. Um, the fact that they didn't start him again, Stephen Murray, like we've talked about him a lot in the podcast, been an absolute revelation since since his breaking breakthrough performance last year against our man in the championship off the bench. Yeah. he's always played well. Yeah, anytime he's got a run since that, if you can, if you can just stay fit. Like, it, it does it set Ryan the Conley intent to, to Ryan Connolly done well when he came off the bench as well. Yeah, Luke Fortune was good when he came off the bench. So, like, but does it set the intent if you you know what you're going to get when Stephen Murray plays? Gets the ball, he's going to go at the opposition. You know what you're going to get when Thomas Galligan plays. The exact same thing. So, does that set the tempo for Cav and and the intent within the the team? If you start with them, right, Leash, we're going at you. Rather than if you don't start with them, you're possibly with more just different type of players that just don't run at opposition defence yeah. the same way. So it it it, it, it changes the almost the intent of the team. Yes, completely. That, I think that's a crucial point there because 
Cavan have slipped into a habit in the last few years of sometimes waiting for things to happen and games have passed them by. We've seen yeah. it in big games where they've fallen behind six, seven, eight, nine points coming up to the end of the first half. And then they've started playing the second half off. And we saw it in the Ulster final. We saw it in Tyrone in the qualifiers under Midlean. And we've seen it yeah. in lots of games where it's just like kind of waiting for something to happen. Maybe it's a good idea to start with these sort of go-forward players, you know. Yeah. Aggressive lads who, who just play play like that to get the ball and they're just going to give it everything to have. Like James Smith's another player I like. I always sing his praises on the podcast. Yeah. And do you know what? You'd have, you'd have liked his second half display. It was like, for want of a better description, that... And again, I don't know if if what I'm saying is is true, but it was like that when there was more people around him playing a direct type of football, you know, running at the opposition. He thought, "Well, geez, this is brilliant. This is finally what I wanted to do when I was a county senior. I'm going to do this." And I yeah. thought he was good at that. Mm. You well, know, that, that's his game. Like, and yeah. he, gets, he gets scores. He's not the biggest midfielder in the world at senior and county level. Like, Jesus, what he what he might lack in a couple of inches, he he makes up in his his, his quads and his and his oh, glutes fire and just jumps. His leap is phenomenal. Phenomenal, but it, yeah, in height wise, like he's he's six foot, like, but he 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 plays like a six foot three man. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, it's interesting. It's such an open division. Like, like who would have predicted Kildare, Armagh, and Roscommon all to get beaten last weekend? Nobody. Nobody. There's nobody you know, in the country that Bookmakers had trouble. a field day. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It was accumulator records. Oh, absolutely. And it, it still brings it... I, I don't know. This is... And I know every game after either a loss or a victory, and that's the beauty of the league, every game becomes huge. But this is huge because you win this game... You're, you have something called positive momentum. You lose it, and all of a sudden it's, oh, well, geez, that was only a half an hour of a fluke against Westmead, really. You know, That's so, a pattern that's been there with Cam. Because we've had such a flux in personnel and tended to be inconsistent in games, a pattern is there with Cavan in the last few years that you never really know where they're at. Did anyone, could, I, could you really describe the Cavan team and say, this is what they're at on a good day and this is what they're at on a bad day? It's hard to know. Whereas mm. with the more with the wider sample, you're going to be able to tell. Like this game, as you say, is going to be huge. It's a wide open division, and it's all about goal setting as well. If Cavan's in the back of Mickey Graham's head, if his if his thoughts are that he wants to stay in the division, you know, if he, which which would be fair enough, which is what I would have said before the league started consolidating this division. Mm. We've had that debate already. We've had that debate already. Um, if that's the case, then then. The, the teams like Clare winning and from probably Fermanagh winning was a, was bad results for us. Damn right. We needed yeah. them beaten. But if if the thoughts are to get out of the division, if that's if that's the way Mickey Graham is t- like obviously he wants to get out of the division, but if that's what it, what he sees as a realistic goal, then it was a great weekend for Cavan because yeah. no one's run away with it at the top. And if we can beat Leash, who are top, I think you're guaranteed to be on top of the table maybe off it by score difference but nobody will have more points than you yeah. you beat Leash this weekend you go to four points and nobody can go to more than four points this weekend yeah. so it it puts you in a hugely positive position with the break coming up and by my uh, from my sources after this break we should see a return from injury of, of two or three crucial players so can, can you give us any update on Connor Smith and Connor Madden Apparently they'll both be back for after the break. Okay, that's that's what I've been told, and Jason McLaughlin won't be far away from it. Yeah, um, that would help things a lot. And then Niall Murray, they're still kind of in the assessment, f- or last week anyway, they're in the assessment phase of it to see exactly just how long it's going to be with him. But 
you know, it, it, it potentially could be. You'd be four weeks by the time the Fermanagh game, is Fermanagh after leash, yeah. By the time Fermanagh game comes around, Niall would have been out injured four weeks, you know, so if it's nothing serious, then he should be back. So yeah, there was a rumour going around that he was going to be out for 12 weeks with that injury, so hopefully that's right. not true. That, okay. could be, that could be... That could be That'd rubbish. be a big blow. It would be a big blow because he's developing into a real leader there. Yeah. has yeah. developed into a real leader. And in that forward line. Yeah. You know, where, where like, I, I agree with you about it, it's not full of experience. Well, the other thing as well, backing that up, is I sent you and the lads a text on WhatsApp when I saw the team and I said, I'll be honest, I said... I can't see us getting anything out of this game unless Garrod steps up and scores something like 1-6. Yeah. Because I couldn't see where the scores were going to come from. With with a, basically, I won't say I won't say a rookie forward line, but, but a lot of new faces in there would be a lot to expect lads to chip in with a big score. But I wasn't expecting the backs to score eight points and mm-hmm. the bench to contribute 1-4. So that again, that but I think that underpins my point about, you know, that the backs is a real solid base there, like, on this side. And it's not just a solid base in terms of like they're defending it, what that shows is that Cavan can get scores from unusual and unorthodox positions which is an asset that that shouldn't be a well, you Kill- know Killian the gutter scored well there was <laughs> there was a Mullahorn player I spoke to on Sunday that that reminded me of a, a, a phrase that I had heard a few times in the previous couple of years. If Killian the Gunner scores, you can't possibly lose. <laughs> and that's that was the way it, it was kind of put. So, well done to James Kyle for coming up with that one. Just to name check him, um, James is going to get a rapid training. He is. You can be sure Killian's going to line him up now <laughs> next time he sees him. But uh, yeah, like, I I don't know if I'm optimistic about this game on Sunday. I'm I'm I am. so. I'm nervous. I'm, I'm more nervous about this because now look at there's a lot of pressure on Leash. They are they're you know unbeaten. They're the only unbeaten team in the division, and you know all the, and the bookies have them as massive favourites. So this will be a different scenario for them. They're probably well they may be used to it from last year, but Division Three to Division Two is as big a jump as Division Two to Division One. You know. Oh yeah. Well, I I, I think my my uh, my Sources in Leash tell me that their half back line could be the weakest line. Half back? Oh, sorry, their, sorry, their half forward line. Sorry, their half, half forward, forward line. Yeah, their half, half forward back line. line is very strong. Yeah, as well, in lots of talent. Well, yeah, well, their two wing backs are are stars for the future. Like they're expecting yeah. a lot of them. They're coming off on the good underage teams, and then you got the other the real aggressive player at centre half. Um, yeah, Anthony Gaynor. <laughs> His name escapes me now, but no, it's their half forward line. And he was saying to me, what's the cabin half-back line like? And I was saying, like, it's potentially a real powerhouse there. Well, you have Jerry Smith, attacking option, Kieran Brady, three points at the weekend, Ushin Kieran, an attacking option mm. as well. Like, if, if they put them half-forwards on the back foot, it gives Cavan something really to, to, to penetrate at. Yeah, but so I'd be, I'm, I'm hopeful. Mm. I'm very hopeful. And in case anyone thinks it's just... One game or when they were getting carried away or whatever, it's definitely not because uh, I I was I was the only one I think out of the four of us, the two Mickeys and myself and yourself that that didn't think Cavan would get anything out of the last game. You were, yeah, yeah. Um, I I'm I'm hopeful, but geez, I I tell you what, I take the hand of a one point victory, hmm. and for some something in my head is saying that this could end up as a draw as well. That, as in for leash as well. Um, that uh, I think there's going to be a lot in it. Like home advantage is worth something 
in this league if I I think and I think that there will be a lot of a buzz about Port Leash and, and, and about the, the you know, there'll be a big leash support there because I don't think they'd have expected to be undefeated after two games. Mm. So and they didn't get a big crowd um at the Armagh game. No. Because no. they weren't they were even though they had beaten Roscommon the the, the there's still a lot of doom and gloom around that around Leach. Now that'll be lifted now. Completely, completely. And even even at that, the six o'clock throw in threw off a few people in that one. Yeah, you know, but I, I listened to Woolley talking about it on his podcast, um, saying how he was dandering in at twenty to seven, thinking, "Jesus, I'm 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 in great time here. Why is there nobody walking in along Second with?" Second half was starting. Second half was about to start, <laughs> so he started the run and realised that he had enough time to walk. And anyway, but uh, so. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think, and I I I I'll stick to it on this one. If Cavan played the way they did in the second half against Westmead, Cavan will win the game against Leash. You know, but they've got to come out and play like that from the start. But my po- yeah, but my point there is, you know, Leash mightn't facilitate that the way Westmead did. But now with these big two big bruisers in the midfield, and you know, the the surprise element might be gone. Like I think Westmead were kind of like. What the hell's going on here? Like, Cavan were like men possessed there, but yeah. But what's the alternative for Cavan? You know, go go with a cautious approach. Approach with with slow lethargic build up. Is is that going to win no, the game right. for no, you? No, you're right. So yeah, you're you right. have to go at it, in my opinion. Well, and and there's go so at many, it early. There's Punched so many them. parallels as well with the, <laughs> la- the last election. This election this weekend. If you if you remember back to four years ago, an election weekend, Cavan were seven points down against me the half time in Navin. Came out right. the second half and just said, "Fuck this, let's yeah. go for it." And they got such a they got such a confidence boost from that win that they won their next four matches. Ended up in Crow Park, yeah, in yeah. a league final, and they had lost the first two that year yeah, against Derry and Tyrone. And like the worst people, Terry Highland was the manager, and there was people saying like, "Batter down his door." Like, well, the, the funny thing was that that was the only time that Terry refused to do an interview was after the Derry game, which was the week before the Mead one. There you go. Um, because he, he, you know, people were, were there was a lot of expectation maybe about the Cavan side at that stage, and, and you're after being beaten by both Tyrone and Derry. That you know, people, it, it, it was a real doom and gloom. But the 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 thing being for me with Cavan on Sunday, go out, go at them, run at them, take pace into them, try to break the lines of their mass defence. Get Garrod McKiernan off the shoulder. Get Kieran Brady breaking lines. Get Thomas Galligan breaking lines. You know, put your best foot forward. And if after five minutes you realise, actually, do you know what? We're not penetrating this. Or after ten minutes, we're not penetrating this. We're not. We're not making any headways with this. Okay, change then. But go out, go on the front foot. You know, punch them in the face and see how they react to it. Yeah. You know, all all the best plans that Leash have of their mass defence will come unstuck. If we go really aggressively at them when we have possession of the ball, I I personally think so. I yeah. that's my only question is if if Cavan go that way, I think Cavan win the game. If they go back to kind of a more cautious approach, I think Leash will pick us off the way Westmead were in the first half, and and I think there's only one winner if that's the way it goes. Yeah, and we we need to be careful not to take anything for granted here in our analysis, like. You know, we we kind of we kind of well, I did. I kind of went, yeah. Park Faulkner picks up O'Carroll, uh, Killian Brady picks up Mark Barry. That's them boxed off. That's probably very simplistic. Like they're two two classy players. Mm-hmm. Like like if Cavan can hold those two lads and and try try to cut down the concession of freeze because 
Barry's a left footer. O'Carroll's a right footer. I'd say seven of their scores against Armagh were from freeze. Yeah, two exceptional free takers, and O'Carroll's very good on forty fives as well. So mm. obviously the home home advantage is a big thing as well. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Cavan. I'm gonna go with Cavan to win it by three points. Okay, geez, that's a big one. Mm. I, I'm a three point win for Cavan for me is like a, a fifteen point win for Cavan for you. Yeah, and yes. I'm I'm actually going to call a draw on this one. For the first time, I think I'm going with a more negative <laughs> prediction than you. You ever asked me for permission to call a draw? It's me that calls the draw. Yeah, well, yeah. see, that's it. Ed O'Hanlon told me if I was wise this year, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd just call the draw every time like you do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'm going to call the draw because I, I don't think Leash are going to give it easy uh, to Cavan. And I just, I, uh, I, and you know what? I'd probably take the draw too. It, it it wouldn't be a terrible bad result against your which would be probably your table toppers if you did draw with Leash so um, yeah we'll see how that goes but uh, don't forget later on in the week folks over on patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan we have um, looking back over the Cavan ladies victory over Mead we caught up with the Cavan manager James Daly we also caught up with the Cavan Horland manager Ollie Bellew after they defeated Fermanagh in Kingspan Breffney a great result there for the Horlers and uh, we look ahead to the return of the Cavan Camogues and I caught up with the Cavan uh, captain Aaron Galligan as they get ready to welcome Limerick to Kingspan Breffney on Sunday afternoon coming so um, don't forget to head on over and, and check out the Die Hards podcast if you want to catch all of those thanks very much for listening to the McAvoy's Super Value GA podcast and uh, fingers crossed it's a positive result for Cavan at the weekend and we're still smiling yes it was great yes it was great yes it was great stuff and Larry has put it over the bar it was hard fast football after that you're in Cavan yeah. was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Cavan to get come back into the big time and then the cave and it's over the lap and Cavan are not buried yet Cavan doing all they could to hold their lead to Derek McDonald what a goal Farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah, hurrah, yeah. <laughs>